Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. What's up? We are back on MBS Fitness Radio. I am here with Andrew Romeo. Romeo or Andrew owns Romeo Athletics. Uh, and where's uh, Romeo Athletics located? We are we are located up in Enfield, Connecticut. Awesome. Very cool. So you have a similar story to me. Like you opened up your gym when you were 24. I opened up mine when I was 25. Oh, really? Tell us your, your story. Like how'd you get, become a professional meathead? Sure, man. Uh, it's funny. I, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier today. I can remember, I've been in gyms my whole life, right? I've been in, in gyms since I've been a little kid. I was the weirdo that would like go through a department store and like find myself at the fitness section, like staring at free weights. I mean, like, oh man, these things look awesome. Um, I really think it comes from growing up watching like Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and all these dudes or these big jack dudes watching Rambo or Terminator. Yeah. And you're like, how, how do these guys do that? Yeah. But um, so I got into the gym when I was early, but um, I can remember probably I was like 15 years old and I was getting a ride home from the gym from my mom and I was leaving and she's giving me a ride. And I was like, someday, mom, I'm going to own a gym like someday. And she kind of gave me that look up like, yeah, okay, whatever, kid. Like, and I was like, someday I'm going to own a gym and uh, push comes to shove someday, probably about 10 years after the fact I opened a gym. That's awesome. What, uh, what kind of clientele do y'all serve? Like what, what do y'all do that at uh, your place? Yeah. Um, so we've been around now. So, uh, as you said, I opened the gym when I was, um, 24. So we've been around for about 12 years and we've served a pretty wa- wide variety of clients. Um, I've been the strength and conditioning coach for high schools on all of their sports teams. I've done it for specific one-on-one athletes that are in the collegiate setting beyond the collegiate setting or in the high school setting. And honestly, my biggest demographic that we serve is the general public. Um, so we're talking 30 to 55. Um, And then everything in in between and goals are all wide ranging. It can be from, I want to get a scholarship. I want to go pro, or it could be, Hey man, I want to be able to do yard work and not blow up my back. Mm -hmm. Did you, okay. So let me ask you this. When you first opened your gym or how was that? How's your clientele shifted? Because similarly, when I was 25 and opened my gym, we were more, powerlifter strength athlete focused and have kind of over the last five years kind of realized um we can still serve those people while serving a broader community as well so how does that shift at all or did y'all do that 100 percent. man it was one i mean again you're a kid right like you both <laughs> of us opened the gym when we were kids and for any 24 year old out there yes you are a kid um I, I was a hard charging kid where I, I wanted to get after it and I wanted to compete. Um, at that point, I was really interested in the CrossFit world, but I wanted to compete in every, every anything, right? I'm just a competitive young guy. Um, and that's kind of like what we bred in the gym until I realized maybe five years in that, hey, this doesn't really make any money. And I'm turning a lot of people off by this. Maybe maybe I should change my approach a little bit. And, and that's where we started coming full circle to being yeah. like, Oh, you don't want your knees to hurt or your back hurts rather than calling you a name and telling you to get back under the bar. Maybe I should support you and give you, yeah. maybe give you some accessory exercises for that. When did you get with two brain? Two brain. I think I, I think I had the initial conversation with Chris in 2018. Okay. Um, I think it was somewhere around there. And I know, so Brian Strump was my mentor and I think I was one of his first clients. I think I, I want to believe you and I were both one of his say, first like, clients. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like sounds very uh, familiar to me. 
Very cool. Uh, and what did you, did you can play sports in high school or college at all? Yeah. So, um, I have been an athlete for forever, right? Since, since you're old enough to play with a ball, I was, I was playing with a ball, hang, uh, hanging out, playing with a bat, um, high school. I went through high school. I played soccer. We didn't have a football team. I came from a small, small school. So we didn't even, football wasn't even an option. Oh, wow. Okay. If you wanted to play football, you had to co-op with a neighboring town. Mm, and yeah. um, those were like our rivals too. So it's like, Hey, if you want to go play for those guys, you can play. So soccer was our game. Nice. So soccer, I skied, I um, downhill and cross country skied. Um, okay. I, I raced in both of them. Um, and I was pretty good at those. Those were probably my best sports. I got, I could have gone to a D one school for skiing. Um, and then I played baseball and I, baseball was the sport that I loved. And I played baseball spring, summer, and that's actually what I ended up going to Springfield College. I played baseball there for a year and a half. After a year and a half of baseball, um, it's a D3 school, and they, they, they really treat their programs like D1 programs. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I don't really need to do double days. I, I'm not. No one's paying me to do this. Right. Um, so I dropped baseball. And I switched to rugby okay. and rugby was awesome because it was like a new home of contact sports. And again, like you're that 19, 20, 21 year old where you got all the testosterone and all those hormones pumping where it's awesome. I get to hit people and I get <laughs> cheered for, and like, we just get back up and do it again. This is, this is a, a great thing. I've never had this experience. So yeah. rugby was kind of like my, uh, my newfound sport when I got to college. When did you start? Like, when did you get in the weight room? When did you start lifting? I think my, um, so informally, I probably got into the weight room when I was about 12 years old. Okay. Um, and by informally, what I mean is my parents were going to the gym. Uh, so I tag along with them. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I bought like an easy curl bar and I can remember like laying in my basement doing like bench press with the easy curl bar, skull crushers, your, your, your curls. Um, but like a true strength and conditioning program was my freshman year at Springfield. The baseball team had a strength and conditioning program. We had our, our weight room time and that's where I got introduced to power cleans and squatting and pulling. And, um, I mean, before that college, I being a skier, they had us doing a lot of plyometric work. So we were doing a lot of hill bounding and sprinting yeah. and that type of thing. And they didn't, they didn't put us in the weight room. I don't think I had um, uh, knowledgeable enough coaches to have me squat and have me pull so that they played to what they were good at, did the best they could do. Um, probably is why I was so focused on strength work later on to kind of compensate for the years yeah. where I didn't have it. Yeah. What would you play in baseball? I was third. I played third base. Very cool. The hot corner, man. Got balls ripped at you all day. <laughs> Very cool. I was a I was a catcher. Oh well, so you're you're way more action than me. It was uh <clears throat> it was like my dad was like, you get to do something every play. I was like, you? Okay, that was good. You do funny side story was um so I I had to wear glasses growing up, but I didn't realize I had to wear glasses until I was in like seventh grade. Okay. And my dad was driving behind a car and he was like, Hey, look at that license plate. And I was like, I have no idea what that says. He's like, You can't read that. I was like, nope. So he's, just pull, he's like, Tell me where you can read it. It's just like right on their bumper. It's like, I still can't read that. And really? uh, I realized like I was playing baseball as a catcher and like, I just would Dude, go, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's the a ball, ball shows up with like a foot in front of you. Oh man, this is, a, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. It was like a general blur. And then I, I can see it. That's how I caught. That's how I was a, a catcher in baseball. And then they gave me glasses like, whoa. 
Wow. This is what it's like? Oh, man, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is a way easier game than I thought it was. I thought batting was the hardest thing in the yeah, world. It was really hard to pick up these, these balls. <laughs> so, you hear like, those stories of like the Ted Williams is being like, you got to w- read the seams. You're like, what seams are you talking about, man? I can't even see the thing. It's like, it's like, I just see it's one foot in front of my face. So that's what oh, I see. So, yeah, that is tough. Funny, funny side story. Um, did you compete like after, after school? Or you know, after you got out of uh, rugby or whatever, did did you did you compete in any like iron sports or any of that kind of sure. stuff? Sure, yeah, I, I absolutely did. So right around 2010, I found a weightlifting coach, uh, Olympic weightlifting coach. Right. Uh, his name's Gary Valentine. Gary and I are still good buddies. He was a mentor of mine for a very long time. Um, he runs Connecticut Weightlifting, the LWC. So he pretty much hosts or hosted before COVID all of the weightlifting meets in Connecticut. Um, And for a while, it was all of New England. So Gary was a a great mentor in terms of his knowledge base of he taught at a collegiate level. um, So he knew strength and conditioning inside and out and how to prescribe the appropriate program for my training age and my progression and ignore all of the noise that's out there about, oh, so-and-so is doing this or that and just being like, focus on what you got to do. This is what I need you to do go do it. Um, and I, and I also was the first time where someone told me that more is not better. And he was like, I want you to train three days a week. And well, I how old were you at this point? I was 23 or somewhere around that 24. And he was like, I want you to eat. I want you to sleep. And when you come in to lift with me, I want you to give me everything you've got for like three hours. And that like Olympic weightlifting, my mind was like a two hour to three hour session where like you walked out of there and I'd go crush all like a large pizza. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I don't, I don't understand. Um, but before that, I was always like, more is better. Like, no. let's get in the gym. Like, I more curls, more benching, more whatever. Let, let's go. And then it's finally put on a real program that was like, yeah, yeah. that's not going to work. <laughs> Man, okay, that's all. I was like, I feel like if someone at 23 would be like, no, more is not, more is not better. But like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no wonder you have. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing. Um, but he's the biggest thing that he got me to believe on, and, and it's the meathead way to do it, right? The guy, I think at that point, Gary was in his 50s. Um, and he walked up to like a 330-pound bar, hang cleaned it, no problem. Um, and then I was like maxing out my back squat. And I think at that time it was in like the low fours. And he walked over and like flip-flops on like slides, and he's in his mid-50s and he front squatted it. I was like, yeah. son of a bitch. All right. This guy's pretty strong. I should listen to what he's saying. <laughs> it's so funny. Like the, the idea that like, man, if I knew what I knew now back then, but you're kind of like, I would have ignored every piece of yeah. advice I would give myself. Back yeah. Then. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> the only reason like, I have perspective is because I did all the dumb shit, right? 100%. Dude. I mean, and I think that's part of the learning curve of coming through the other side as a strength coach and a strength athlete is you, you got to do some dumb shit along the way, just to, to experience it and feel it and, and know like, Hey, what's it feel like when you tweak your back? How bad does that hurt when you can't put your socks on? Yeah. Do you want to do that again? Yeah. Well, maybe we should figure that out on how not to, right? Yeah. That's kind of like the, uh, People kind of make the joke that, or made the joke that, like, they will just let you get hurt. It's like, I'm going to put the bug in your ear that what you're doing is a bad idea, <laughs> but I'm going to let you do it because if, it, like, I'm not going to like force you to not do it. If you're like, I think I'm going to do this, yeah. probably a bad idea. This is probably what's going to happen. Then when it does happen, you're actually more likely to go, 
all right, you were right. Now what? <laughs> yep. No, 100%. I mean, it's, it's again, like giving yourself advice when you're younger, giving young go hard kids in the gym advice. They'll listen to a certain extent, yeah, yeah. but you know, they want to put more on that bar. Yeah. You know that they're like, so why can't I max out every single day? What do you mean? That's not the right way to train. Yeah. yeah. You know, maxing out every day, maybe when you are 18 is going to work. Um, but when you get older, man, that's just right. not going to work at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Once you actually get strong, you can't do that anymore. No, yeah. maybe and once a year. Some of that's what, you know, what, what like we had a, a guy who was like, a, he, he's a high school kid. It's super meathead, like loves to be in the gym. We were like, Hey, look, like we want you to be in the gym and doing this. And, but you've got to kind of recognize that you just can't be in here three hours, five days a week during football season. Like that's, yeah, yeah, that's, right. that's a good you gotta go out there and perform, man. Yeah. So I was like, when we were, when we were talking to his coach, he's like, how do I get him to do? It? I was like, look, I was like, give him like the ultimate arm workout and just sure. tell him whenever you're in the gym and you want to do extra, do this. Yeah. And like, it was like, I was like, he can train arms all he wants, and it's probably not going to really mess up the rest of his nah. program. Like nope. is it the ideal thing, no, but it's not going to really mess it up. <clears throat> I was like, make it make the the core part of his program. Like that's he got he's got to stick with that. Yep. And I was like, give that dude just like meathead madness on the arm. Uh, yeah, his extracurriculars are all the buys and the tries and all this kind of shit. Where he's like, oh man, my arms are good in my uniform. This is really paying off. Thing, and you're yeah. like, good, good. Like, be oh. happy. I was like, he was like. Because it was like, we need you need to train three days a week. He's like, I train seven days a week. We're like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I was like, okay, you have to do these three. You can't bench, squat, deadlift outside of when you're with us, but you can do this arm program whenever you want. He was like, really? Yeah. Sweet. I was like, train arms all day long. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go do it. Yeah. All right, cool. So this is a good segue into kind of our topic of the day, which is strength. Yeah. Cool. So what I'd like to do is kind of start off and say like, how do you define strength? Okay. And then we'll go into some of your kind of uh, tips and tricks for people who want to develop strength. Yeah. I mean, so the defining strength is an interesting topic because being in gyms, being in business long enough, you realize that it goes way beyond what you can put on a barbell, right? Because you Definitely. see people that are mentally switched on and those are the people that you want to work with. Because you know, no matter where you place them, you place them in a business setting, you place them in a sports setting, you place them in a gym setting, they're going to be successful. Because um, you can be the biggest, strongest dude in the world, but and you can lift the most amount of weight. But when things get hard, if you don't have that right mindset, just the wheels fall off. Yep. Um, so to define strength, yes, there's a physical quality of strength. Um, and I think that physical aspect is forever changing. Because I mean, as, as both you and I know, right now there's an 18-year-old out there that's warming up with my max. And that's okay. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that that's all right. That that's fine. Um, so I in my personal opinion, I think strength is more between your ears than it is um a physical, a physical being type deal. Yeah. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, the um the, the kind of a story. So I was a powerlifter forever. And I used to say, like, I don't know anyone who squats a thousand pounds who isn't mentally strong. And um I mean to a degree that was correct. It takes sure. an extreme amount of mental strength to step up underneath a thousand pound barbell. I can't even imagine. But what I realized is like, as I kind of moved out of uh, powerlifting into more like functional fitness. And I actually, the, the year after I switched, I ended up running a half marathon. Dude, talk about a, a hard change right there, huh? 
<laughs> well, and I was like, I was like, I, I thought I was mentally tough. Sure. But like, there's a, a total difference between the mental toughness necessary to like take on an extreme amount of discomfort and pain in a very short period of time. And the ability to take on a small amount of pain continuously for a really long period of time. Absolutely. And those are both different qualities of like mental strength that I had explored one, but hadn't explored the other. And so it was a bit of a kind of like shock to my system to be like, oh, dude, like a mile in, you're wanting to quit already. (laughs) (laughs) But a cool thing with what you just said, man, it it talks about your own strength of you are able to recognize that and be able to grow from that and being like, oh, these are different things. I can be mentally strong and this really sucks, but how do I adapt to it? And what lessons do I learn from it? Because I mean, I think that's a huge characteristic of being mentally strong as well. Yeah, it was, um, for me, I was like, oh, I needed this. I had been so wrapped up in doing it one way forever that I had failed to kind of recognize my own weaknesses. So I only spent time doing things I was really good at and I been exposed to stuff I wasn't good at. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, that, and that was good for me because being in that uh, discomfort causes growth, right? Yep. So you you can either just quit or you can deal with it and, on the backside, you're going to be better for it. So it was a good opportunity for me to kind of recognize, oh, here's an area of mental strength that you haven't developed in a long time and you need to. So, yeah, I mean, no matter what, Dave, you're, you're a big dude. So running a half marathon is never going to be a walk in the park for you. <laughs> it was, uh, well, I'll tell you another cool story. <clears throat> so like, I remember the whole way it worked was like, and gosh, I want to say it was like February of that year. I like stopped powerlifting and I switched over to doing CrossFit and got my ass handed to me. Sure. Like humbling experience where you're like, I can lift this bar with one pinky. What are you guys talking about? Like I I remember the first workout I was doing burpees and like I had a bunch of 60 year olds on top. They go like, come on, David, you're doing so good. (laughs) And you're like, where am I? I was like, like, y'all do 50 burpees. I was like, I'm 10 in and I'm done. So, uh, um, but, but, a bunch of people wanted to go do a, wanted to go do a tough, tough mutter. I was like, cool. Sure. We'll do the half tough mutter. I was like, I can probably gut out five miles. Like, no, we're going to do t- the 10 mile. And I was like, sure. I was like, I haven't run a mile since like middle school. Right. Uh, <laughs> what is that called? The presidential achievement test or whatever it was back in the day, run your mile. So I was like, okay, well, I, I was like, I got to train for this. Otherwise I might die. <clears throat> so I got trained for it. I died. <laughs> uh, and then they were like, well, you might as well just, you ran 10 miles, you might as well just keep training and do the half marathon at the end of the year, which is 13 miles. I was like, very nice. Okay, fine. <clears throat> Kept training, did the, did the, the half marathon and died. And, um, <laughs> like I remember the last, the last mile, I got passed by a guy in a T-Rex, like the big flow of T-Rex. <laughs> You're like, what is this? I looked, I was like, are you serious? Damn it. Like, this freaking T-Rex is passing me. <laughs> but dude, what a good way to humble yourself, right? You, know, from, like, you talk about the numbers you're talking about that you did in powerlifting. Unbelievable numbers. One of the best in the world ever. And then you're like, this this guy just outran me in a half marathon in a T-Rex outfit? Like, what in the world? Yeah, like, oh, I'm not that fit. Okay, now I, now I know. <laughs> but um, so we did that. And I think I did it in like... <clears throat> 215, something like that, 220, something like that, there. 
Um, but then like that's two still weeks, a good time too. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was happy with it. I was like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, two years or sorry, two or three weekends ago, <clears throat> like out of the blue, I just asked somebody. I was like, hey, who wants to go do a rock march? Okay. And the goal was we were going to do uh, a lap around this lake with 25 pounds. And then every lap we'd add uh, a 10 pound plate and we would do four laps. So you do 25, 35, 45, 55. Uh, then every 13 minutes, you would do nine push ups, 11 squats. So it was kind of like a 9 11 tribute, right? Okay. I was going to ask if these numbers had any, any, some 13 was like the, 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 the number of soldiers who got killed when they were evacuating Afghanistan okay. the 9 11. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then I, I Googled how far around is, um, Patriot Lake was the name of the lake. And it was 1.67, but the, the lake is not called Patriot Lake anymore. <laughs> it redid it and it's longer now. And now it's called Hyde Lake. So <laughs> Patriot Lake is 1.67. Hyde Lake is like 2.4 or something. Oh like man. So you added almost an extra mile on a lap. Yeah, so it was, uh, I was like, in my head, I was like, it's probably going to be like, whatever that was, six point something miles. And I was like, okay. Um, and the rule was, if you hadn't started your third lap by 90 minutes, you had to just go 15 minutes out, 15 minutes back. So you at the finish. Caught it. So you Got had it. to finish it within two hours. Um, <clears throat> so we get, all, we get going, we walk the first 13 minutes. And then me and this other guy are like, hey, y'all want to pick it up a little bit and run some? And so three of us ran. So we ran the rest of the lap one, all of lap two, almost all of lap three. Then I was like, wow, I can't run anymore. I got to walk. Yeah, I'm assuming your legs are smoked. Yeah, we walked most of lap four. And of course, now we're at like 55 pounds. Walked most of lap four and then ran like the last, I don't know, quarter mile in <clears throat> and finished nice. right at two hours. But it ended up being about 9.4 miles. Wow. And the thing that was like, um, the thing that kind of clicked with me at the very end, again, going in, I didn't know it was going to be 9.4 miles. I thought it was going to yeah. be six. And I gave my head, I was like, I probably got out six. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was like, man, we ran almost 9.4 miles with weight on our backs, doing every freaking, doing push-ups and squats every 13 Yeah, minutes. every 13 minutes, banging out all that work. Dude, you did a ton of work. Well, and the, the thing that was kind of like satisfying to me was, I was like, man, we have, I don't run or ruck. I was yeah. like, the training I'm doing both physically and mentally. Like I was like, I could go, I was like, I'm pretty confident. I could go run a half marathon doing no training today. Yeah. You know, and that was just kind of like a mind, like mind alone. Like, Oh crap. Yeah, man. You're four doing something ago, that's working right now. Four years ago. I like got my ass handed to me and I trained for a half marathon. I was like, I feel about the same now having not done any training for this at all. So, I mean, that was just kind of a cool come full circle, like of mental and physical fitness. I think the next step you, you, I think you have to go run a half marathon. Now I think you just set yourself up like that stage. You just set that, like you got to go run one instead of PR with zero training. I've kind of been like, if I can find, I don't want to necessarily just go do one by myself, but if someone yeah, will like, Hey, I'll go do it with you. I'm like, okay, let's go do it. I, I can, but yeah. no, but no train to show up and see if you yeah. can show up and go gut out a half marathon. I am not your like, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not your guy for that one. Uh, like, I walked funny for like the rest of the, <laughs> the 
the week before. Yeah, I was saying, if I did that, I'd be like, my legs. Do you see, do you remember um, the Ricky Bobby thing where uh, Will Ferrell's oh, yeah. paralyzed? He's like, my legs. Like, that, that would be me again. I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was uh, so funny because, like, like, I started off like this, and then by the end of it, I was like, <laughs> like a candy cane. Yeah, it's it's staring, of, like, is it almost done? Like staring at my own feet, just like this sucks. This hurts. <laughs> and uh the, the the guy was with now the guy was with his crazy fit. He was like, You sure you can't run? I was like, I was like, I mean, I'm I can run, but I'm going at the same speed and it's taking twice as much effort. So like yeah, I'm like I'll just walk. <laughs> like, like, at this point, this is more efficient. Yeah, I was like, oh, you can run. I, I this is my speed. Yeah. <laughs> this is like by the I hit lap. Four, I was like, I've, I've reached my max. <laughs> Dude, I was, um, I just finished the book, uh, Comfort Crisis. I don't know if you've read it, but, um, Dude, yeah. Yes. Great book, right? Amazing. Towards the end of it, they talk about how, how we've evolved. And one of the biggest ways we evolved was, wasn't to be the fastest and wasn't to be, um, obviously, like we're compared to animals, we're pretty weak and, um, not well equipped, but we're really good at, pretty much rucking, right? We can walk long distances and carry loads in terms of we walk a prey down, we kill it, we process it, and then we put it on our backs and walk back with the thing. And so it sounds like what you did is like pretty much what we were built to do. Well, that's the comfort crisis was kind of what inspired me to get a ruck. Gotcha. Oh yeah. I need to get one of these. So yeah, Yeah, the crisis is like, everyone should read that book. I agree. dude. It was a great book. It was a great book. (laughs) <laughs> what I started to do, I was like, like I got like a, a wife and three kids, and I was like, man, we're just a bunch of softies in here. We're living at seventy five degrees. Like, I'm gonna turn the. It was in the middle of you know, August whenever I read. Turn the air conditioner off. We're gonna turn the air conditioning off. <laughs> My wife was like, no, like no, we're not gonna do that. Exactly. I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna turn it up one degree every three days. Like we won't notice at all. <laughs> so I started like pumping it up one degree. And she's like, our kids are trying to sleep upstairs. It's eighty degrees. And I'm like, you're getting tough though. Uh, that's hilarious <laughs> they're toughening up and you're like uh dude that would not fly in my house that's so why i have the same thing i have a wife and three kids and if i if i decided to like throw the air conditioning out in the middle of the summer i think they would kick me out and go back to the gym and then like you go live at the gym where there's no air conditioning because we're we're not doing that here well i noticed that like i would think it's at 78 and my wife would like <laughs> <laughs> okay fine. i'll play this game. 73 <laughs> Exactly. It's actually colder than normal just because you tried that little chart. <laughs> I was like, man, I should have sleep good last night. What happened? She's like, yeah, I didn't have the yeah. AC off. <laughs> yeah. We also turned on the cooler pad that's underneath our mattress where we have water because, we're, you know, we're, we are that soft. Yeah, yeah. That happens in my house as well. <laughs> I was like, I'll just, I have to go do the rock to, to balance it out. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That was awesome. Um, all right. So what are your, so someone comes to you and they're like, Andrew. I need to get stronger for life or uh, sports for performance. What do I need to do? Sure. Uh, the first thing they need to do is have a conversation with me. We need to talk about, Hey, what's your training age look like? What are we doing? Where are we meeting you at? So my, my advice to any coach or athlete is to find someone. So find a coach, or if you are a coach, find the information you need about an athlete to recognize what's their training age and what type of program do they need to be on? Um, so if they're a novice athlete, can you, talk can you about expand, linear progressions. Can you yes. expand on training age? Cause I think. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So training age, 
how long have you been lifting weights? How long have you been doing this type of physical activity? What's that look like? You could be a 40-year-old person, but never been in the weight room before, so your training age is zero. Um, Or you could be a 20-year-old like me that's been in a weight room since you've been 12, and your training age is eight. I'd probably pull that down a little bit because the initial years aren't real training. Um, But you know what I mean? Like, How long have you been on a legitimate, legitimate training program? Yeah. And an easy kind of filter I use is, have you ever completed a linear progression? Mm, okay. uh, if you say no, guess or what? what is- You're a novice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's a linear progression? Okay, cool. That's fine. No big deal. And I don't care what linear progression, if it's when there's five, three, one, if yeah. it's power athletes, um, bedrock, or if it's whatever, if it's just a coach that built you a linear progression, yeah. if you're a novice athlete, go through it. Yeah. And tap out every little bit of strength that you can get out of that program. Or if you are an advanced athlete, you're like, yeah, man, I've been training for eight years. I'm graduating college. I'm trying to get into the league for football. Um, Okay. Well, we need to have a training program that meets where you're at. And then we start talking about periodization um, and also start talking about training principles. So again, if you're an athlete out there, what training principles does your coach abide by? Are they looking at overload and accommodation and the said principle and all of these things, or are they just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and pulling out a small off squat program that wasn't designed for you at all? Um, you know, like finding someone who's actually knowledgeable is really, really important for your success. And right now our industry is so easy for people to get into with so little knowledge. Um, it makes finding a good coach more difficult. Yeah. 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 I think um, people don't quite realize the importance of actually having some type of plan in place. Yeah. Have a, have a real plan. And the, I think the reality is um, that if you don't have the knowledge or experience, like your ability to distinguish between what's a good plan, what's a bad plan doesn't exist. I, I kind of like say, like some people will ask me, do I need a degree in exercise science? Do I need a, um, should I get this certification? Uh, should I, I was going to say, Hey, look, every piece of education is a better bullshit filter. Sure. Yep. You know? And so the, the difference between like a coach like you and I, or someone who's been doing it for a while, who's, uh, who's not only had the education, but has also, uh, got the um, experience like we have really good bullshit filters. Yes. The reason you should hire us is because we can filter all that BS out for you and actually provide you that good plan. You can go 100%. You can go find a plan. Like finding a plan is easy, but you don't know if that's the right plan for you. And when someone's like small off is going to put 200 pounds, you're like, yes. And I'm like, you don't even know how to squat. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. You You can't squat. You don't even know what you're doing. That's the hardest thing. Uh, And again, technology is awesome, right? We're in the information era. You can get anything at your fingertips. But sometimes that doesn't play towards our favors when you can go on and find out what your favorite NFL player did in the offseason for a workout and being like, well, what's your training age and what are you training for compared to him? Because, yeah. And what injuries and limitations is he working around? And he's training for a specific position. Like, you don't meet any of that criteria. You need yeah. something completely different. Yeah, it could be a, a, a 30-year-old genetic specimen. Yep. And you're 16 having never trained before. Y'all are not the same. 
Yeah. And to, to, to specific of what you said, a genetic specimen is very rare. And <laughs> most likely, whoever's listening to this, you're probably not one of them. <laughs> like it just it's unfortunately it just is what it is i was not one of them um i am a genetic garbage can i just work really hard <laughs> exactly yeah it's like how do i know if i'm a genetic specimen well so i was a coach at lsu for a little bit it's awesome and um and i kind of explained to him like like i remember like day one freshman would come in having never done any weight training before and i'd be like this is how a power clean is looks not, not, not coaching, not cueing, just sure. demoing a power clean. And then on day one, they would perfect clean 225. You'd be like, that was easy. Okay. Maybe that's, you got something. That's why they're <laughs> a five-star, you know, probably going to yeah. go to the league. <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I remember coaching a couple kids in high school in the high school weight room, right? Just taught the kid how to squat like the week before, and he squats like 405. And he probably weighs <laughs> 205. And you're like... What in the world? All right, man. The hard part is, is that space between their ears. Yeah. That specific kid, I can still remember that kid. We, we'd have to beg him to come to practice because yeah. he just wanted to go hang out with his girlfriend all day. And you're like, all right, man, well, you make your own choices. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, you kind of hit on two good things there. One, making sure you have a good plan. Yes. And two, I, like juicing the plan for all its worth instead of bouncing from one to two. One plan to the next plan to the next plan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ride that out. Ride it. I mean, again, like in a linear progression, look up any of them, right? You're going to have resets and reloads where you go back down, you build back up, go back down, you build back up. Um, and you're going to have, you're, you're typically in those plans, you're targeting basic lifts, right? What you're going to squat, you're going to bench, you're going to do some horizontal pulling, some vertical pulling. Maybe you're going to put a power clean in there. It's all stuff, basic stuff. But what you're really doing is setting up movement patterns. So if you do want to go into more advanced stuff in the future okay you can but yeah. the nice the beauty of it is, is never really need to i mean if you like look at what i currently do for weightlifting i squat my bench i deadlift i'm starting to play with olympic lifts a little bit again yeah. um but i did those for so long where that is an ingrained movement pattern that i don't have to think about right yeah yeah the um i think a big mistake i made growing up was i got into like bodybuilding first thing like ah, gotcha. seventh grade, yeah seventh grade i was like Reading Flex magazine, I actually put it would put it in between my um, pages of my math book, and that's awesome. Uh, she was you got like Flex Wheeler in there, or uh, any of those guys. I had like Ronnie, Jake Cutler, Flex Wheeler. All those wow. dudes were like the guys. I was the like, gods, the yeah, right. Because that was, that was your muscle and fitness mags. Yeah, and so I think one of the mistakes I made was like in high school, instead of spending my time actually developing strength in the major movements i was doing like i was like i gotta do like like uh, extensions i gotta do yep. bicep curls you know yep absolutely i was like looking back i'm like dang man like i i still got pretty strong i was pretty fit but i was like i i probably lost a significant amount of potential in, 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 during that period of um of puberty dude 100 i'm right there with you. i didn't pull a deadlift i didn't do a squat until i was in college yeah yeah. I went to, I, I, I did a lot of benching and that yeah. was even during the time when, uh, those like the, um, the exercise balls were big. So it was okay. like dumbbell benching on like an exercise ball and shit being like, Oh, it's for your trunk stability. And then you look back and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, what, what did they have me doing? I'm trying to think of who it was, but I was at an elite, elite FTS thing one time and some dude put his feet up on the bench and whoever was coaching him just it was probably like, 
just or smacked the bar, and the dude just like fell completely oh, off the bench. And they're like, like just didn't say anything, just hit the bar. The guy fell off, and it was like, that's why we don't put our feet up on the bench. Like, right? That's hilarious. Um, right? Yeah. So being on the right plan, and then juicing that plan. Yes. For and, what yeah, and give you. And to that point, believe in your plan. Because you can get a lot more out of a plan if you believe in it. If you are committed to it and you believe in that plan and you're not questioning it. um, A funny analogy with this. One of the guys I train, he he trains racehorses. He owns a bunch of racehorses. One of the beauties of a racehorse is it never questions your plan. It just (laughs) does exactly what you tell it to do. And the thing is a thoroughbred and it's amazing, right? Or just believe in your coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's I like that. That's a good one. Um. Uh, okay. So what are some other tips and, and, and strategies that you have? Sure. Um, number two, does your recovery and so recovery, sleep and eating match your training and match your goal? Cause yeah. how many of us are like, ah, I don't, I, I work third shift. I don't, I don't sleep much, but I'm going to go try to squat 500 pounds or bro, you really should get that sleep in there. Yeah. Um, or at least if you're an older athlete with kids, recognize that maybe your goals need to fall in line with what you're physically capable to capable to do in recovery. Yeah. Um, example, I have three kids. They're all six and under. I don't get a ton of sleep. My son finds me in the middle of the night and asks me to come into his room and sleep. I play musical beds almost every night, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I have to recognize with my training, Hey, your recovery is not great. Yeah. Uh, and also eating. Like, are you, if you're really trying to get strong and strong and big embrace eating, um, yeah. cause you're, you're going to need to love it. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're going to need to at least be willing to suffer through not enjoying it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because people always look at, I always think it's so funny, right? Because you talk to people about losing weight. And the majority of the time when I talk to people, I talk to them about losing weight and how difficult it is to not give into your cravings and binge. And that is very difficult. Don't get me wrong. But it's also really difficult to strategically gain weight and force feed yourself calories when you don't want them. You, you're, you got the meat sweats already. Like, there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. That's not fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, I would say the vast majority of my like athletic career or training career has been me um, trying to gain weight and force feeding myself. <clears throat> and it has been, and I've, and I've dieted for two bodybuilding competitions. I could tell you it's way harder to try to put on 50 pounds than it is to try to lose 50 pounds. I mean, the amount of calories you need to gain that 50 pounds and like, yeah, when I did it, I went up from like 170 to like 225. So that's that's right there is 55 pound weight. And I did it probably over like three year, four year span. I, I didn't do it the cleanest way in the world. I went to five guys and I was smashing cheeseburgers left and right and pizzas and whatever because calories are calories. And how, how much steak and ground beef can I eat before you're tapped out? Yeah, there, there, there's been times like when it's like sitting over your meal, just like, mm. oh. I can't eat this rice and chicken breast anymore. I hate this thing. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, the other side of that is is the, the bathroom side of that, too, where people don't <laughs> yeah. see, hey, man, you go force feed yourself junk food for a while and see what happens. Like, that shit's not fun. But yeah. like, some of it's fun, but not everything. Like, it's, it's, fun. it's fun to have a, a cheat meal when you're 
entire life has not been sheet mills. Yes, 100%. And again, like when you can enjoy it and you're not like the next one of these, I got to get ready to eat this again. Um, Just for the most part, if you're trying to get bigger, you're trying to gain weight, you're not going to be super lean when you do it, unless you're one of the genetic outliers, right? You're one of those genetic outliers that can keep a 5% body fat for your whole life and get great. Good on you. Yeah. Most of the time, those guys are doing drugs because yeah. the only way you get really big and stay really lean, well, you're probably doing some extracurricular activities that you're not going to want to talk about. Yeah, a thousand percent. I was not someone who could be big and lean. <laughs> yeah, neither was I. I, I, I. That's why I only got up to 225, 230 because I, did, I didn't go that other direction. And I'm six feet tall. I, I know you were way bigger than me, Dave, but um, that you're limited at a certain extent, right? Your genetic potential stops you. You have this like internal governor. Dude, I got to 285 and I was like, I, I was like, this is so miserable. My imagine. body just was falling apart. I was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine. It was so, so terrible. I, I have a, I have a couple of, I don't know if I've shared this before, but I have a couple of funny um, eating stories for, for everyone who's like, I want to be strong. And they're like, don't want to eat. I'll, I'll give you some examples of what it yeah. is. So uh, when I was in high school, I would eat six eggs, two packets of oatmeal, a glass of orange juice, and a glass of whole milk every morning. My morning uh, uh, breakfast. And so I would, I ate it one morning. I went upstairs, I brushed my teeth and gagged myself and threw it all up. And I was like, I had to go back downstairs, cook it again, and eat it. (laughs) I showed up (laughs) like 15 minutes late to to my first class. Oh, man. um, and uh, Dude, that is dedication right there, especially at that age of a high schooler to eat. All, to, never mind, eat all of that food every morning. That's huge dedication. But to then take it to that next level, throw it up, and then be like, "Fuck it, gotta go eat it again." I, That's well, amazing. What was more important to me was being big and jacked, not chemistry yeah. class. So <laughs> I showed up to class, and the teacher was like, "Why are you late?" I was like, "Well, I told him the story." He goes. That's so insane that you can't, you're obviously not lying. So (laughs) yeah, right. Just don't do it again. If I did that, I would eat a peanut butter sandwich between every class, two chicken breasts, mashed potatoes, uh, carrots for lunch, and then like a shake after school and cooking after that. And, um, and I always kind of joked that like, I got a college scholarship, not because I was great at football, but because I was really good at eating. Um, (laughs) Because like I didn't start playing football until I was a sophomore, and I didn't, okay. um, I didn't know what the hell was going on. They put I was tall and skinny, so they put me at free safety, but no one explained cool. like how defenses work. And so sure. they'd be like cover two. I'm like I have no idea what that. Means. Right. If you see the ball coming anywhere around here, go to it. Yeah, that was kind of just like <laughs> I played back backyard football while they were playing actual football. So eventually, I just ate my way. What what it would happen is like. I was eating all day and like actually focusing on nutrition and in the weight room. <clears throat> and they were like, we got to get this guy on the field somewhere. He's got a giant engine because like, sure. like where everyone else would show up to practice every day, being kind of a little tired or whatever. Yeah. They went through the whole day, their whole school day. You're like, dude, I'm well fueled. Let's roll. Like, <clears throat> I'm ready to rock and roll. And um, they were like, we got to get this guy somewhere. So eventually they put me at defensive end and the coach was like, you only have to do four things. He goes that way, you go that way, you go that way, that I was like, four things? I can do that all day. <laughs> and so I didn't even get a play to my senior year. Okay. Was actual <clears throat> when I actually started uh gotta finally like get on the field enough. Um, and I ended up getting a college scholarship. Wow. I, like, like I don't like I was like I was like 
why did I get one? I just ate myself into the right position and had enough energy to just basically always be able to go a hundred percent on every play. Always smashing it. Yeah. The coach was like, get him on the field somehow. Dude, that's us. Where do you end up playing uh, college football at? D2, uh, D2 ball at uh, Delta state. Good for you, man. That's really awesome. Especially considering you didn't start playing for, like get on the actual field as a starter until your senior year. So you earned that scholar. I mean, you earned it all the way through all of your eating, but and all the hard work behind the scenes, but like coaches didn't recognize it until you stepped on the field, your senior year. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. It, it, and finally, when I got to like, what's a, another fun eating story? I got to college as a, as a, what we call like an outside dance. So I played five, seven, nine techniques. So I was always on the outside. Okay. And I weighed like 230 at the time. I gained 100 pounds in high school. Um, wow. Holy shit. 100 pounds. Dude, you are no joke about eating. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was a meathead. I was like, I'm going to eat, I'm going to get big. And so, um, so then I got into college and they were like, uh, we moved to a, a three, five. And so they started, I started having to play inside the line. Oh man. Three. And they were like, well, you can't do that at three thirty. You gotta be like 250, 260. So then I got to like 265 and then they were like, okay, now we need you to play nose guard. We need you at 290. I was like, I can't. So another fun eating story. I would wake up and I'm like trying to weigh 290. So Yeah, that's I, no joke, man. That's that's big. That's like 150 pounds in whatever six years at this point. Yeah. So I uh, I um used to wake up and like like when when breakfast was started, like at the cafeteria, I'd wake up and go eat first breakfast, go to class, come back, eat second breakfast, go to class, <laughs> eat first lunch go to class, come back, do second lunch, go to football practice. After football practice, I would go to the cafeteria. I'd eat first dinner. Then I'd go, which was like five, I think. And then the, the cafeteria would close at like seven. So I'd like run in there at 6.50, eat real quick, take a plate with me back to my, oh. <laughs> at my dorm room, eat second dinner. And then I would buy those big, like hungry man, because I'm in the dorm. So I'd buy the sure. big, big hungry man meals they made back in the day. Throw in the microwave. And that was third dinner. Dude, that is nuts. And at the end of the semester, I had a stack of plates like this high. <laughs> Bring them back. Here's all your plates. Sorry. <laughs> they, were, they were like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, here's your plates. I've been saving them Sorry, 100 man. plates. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Did you know all the cafeteria workers by name at the end? You were there probably more than anywhere else. Oh, yeah. Miss White was the one I remember. She's the one that always ran the, the cafeteria. I had no a, delay on that either. Like, yeah, of course. Miss White. I mean, she was she was the best. Yeah. It's, it's, so <laughs> it was just like I like I totally understand the you got it. If you want to be eat, if you want to be strong, you got to eat. And go eat, go support it. Absolutely. Dude. Be Absolutely. To suffer a little bit when it comes to eating. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, that is, that's is an incredible amount of food. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, like I said, like most of my careers has been me like just eating like crazy. And then what normally like, I'm sure you've had the conversations with like uh, the high school kids are like, I want to get bigger. I'm like, I'm like, what do you eat? They're like, I eat so much. And I'm like, what do you eat? <laughs> they go, well, I skip breakfast and then I yep. have like a sandwich and chips at lunch and then I get Taco Bell after school. And I'm like, yep. you don't eat. Then you get 
I uh, I gave the recommendation while I was there working with their football team, the easiest recommendation to get them to gain weight. I was like, every single person here needs to start drinking a half gallon of milk a day. I don't care who you are. Go to the door the store, get your gallon of milk, drink half of it every day. Like that's where we're going to start. This is our caloric surplus that we're starting with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's here we go. I don't I, hopefully you guys do well with dairy because if you don't, you're, you're gonna <laughs> have some more GI issues than you care about. But uh, here we go. Yeah, uh, we've got a kid who's he's he's got a metabolism like crazy, and so I was like, you have to eat a jar of peanut butter every week. Yeah, there we go. I was like, I don't care what you put it on, but you have to eat a jar of peanut butter every single week. I was like, and label it as uh, as, as your name's jar, <laughs> just like dude. I, that is awesome. I, <laughs> that was one of the things that I think um, Rich Froning actually did a really good job of showing people they need to eat more calories when he came yeah. out. Cause he, I think he was uh, getting his master's for some strength and conditioning thing. Right. All I really remember about it was, is he mixed a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly and a Tupperware jar, mixed it together and just ate it all day. And I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. And I started doing the same thing. Cause I was like, man, what an easy way to get carbs and fat and a little bit of protein, but like just pure calories and just, I did that for the long, and it just tastes like a peanut butter and jelly. You yeah. don't even notice the bread's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's it's um, it's it's always fun to like hear everyone's like tricks for like yeah. getting in the extra calories, and then of course yep. anyone who's like struggles with with weight loss is just like fuck you, dudes. <laughs> yeah, so why, why are you trying to do that for me? I don't know. When, when I want to lose weight, I just stop eating. Like, yeah. I, and not that I, I'm not anorexic, but I I don't eat as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, you gotta, you obviously, like you're saying, you have to, uh, you have to have recovery that matches your training. Yes. Um, absolutely. There's a, there's a common phrase that says there's no such thing as overtraining, just under recovering. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Uh, any other tips and tricks? Uh, sure. Um, what was, what, what I was going to say? Oh, so embrace the process. So as what you were talking about with what we were just talking about with eating, you clearly embrace the process of fueling yourself. And that's why you were successful with it. And that's why you gained so much weight. But in the weight room, if you want to be strong, you got to embrace sucking. Like, yeah, you're not going to be the strongest person pretty much ever unless you, and if you are, you got to go find another gym to go lift at where you're not the strongest person again. Um, And a lot of the stuff that you're going to do is monotonous. And it's not the most exciting thing in the world. And you're not going to want to do it some days. Some days you're not going to want a barbell on your back or you're not going to want to pick something up from the floor. But guess what? Just embrace the process. Um, John Wellborn talks about you either have a shovel or a spoon, but as long as you're moving the dirt, you're, you're doing the right thing. And I completely embrace that. Yeah, every day is not going to be great. Some days are going to be great. Some days are going to be real bad. But you know what? As long as you're out there doing something, keep doing it. Um, and I think that's the one that probably has the most life lessons that come from it is embracing the process. Talk about owning a gym, embracing the process of slowly growing year after year, gaining momentum, having good days, having bad days or whatever your job might be like that, that goes across the board. Yeah. I just read, um, atomic habits and, and, and it's yeah. talking about a, uh, I can't remember what the Olympic strength coach was, but he asked him, what does it take to be successful? Like, and I named off of a couple of things, but then he was like, but in the end, it just comes down to who can deal with the boredom of just doing the exact same yeah. thing day after day, after day, after day, after day. Yep. And How much do you like, you want to be a good at Olympic weightlifting? 
How much do you enjoy snatching and clean and jerking? Because guess what? You're going to be married to that barbell or probably in the, I've never been a, a power lifter, but I'm assuming you're doing a lot of squats, a lot of deads and a lot of, and you probably have a lot of variations of it. You're, you're going to be box squatting or this or that or whatever deadlifting. But for the most part, you're doing the same stuff yeah, on repeat. Yeah. It's on. The, and it's, um, it's, it's like every day you're going to go to the gym and you're going to train. Yes. Do you feel like it? Whether you're having a good day, a bad day, whether your, your girlfriend got mad at you, whether you got enough sleep or not, whether you, you did whatever at school, like every day you're going to go to the gym and you're just going to do it over and over and over and over again and get a little bit better every day. And like, uh, I think one thing that I think one thing that having the perspective of having like you, you and I have is like two and a half decades of training under, under our belts <clears throat> is you're like, I, like I'm, I don't, I've already had my beginner gains, right? Yeah. Those are done. Those are long gone. And so every day is just coming in and, and getting a little bit better at one thing, Yep. you know, and just trying to kind of, um, continue to, like I said, take that spoon. I, I've already used my shovel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm taking my spoon and just continuing to kind of do it. And, uh, for so many people, um, they're not willing to like commit to the long-term process of, 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 of getting small, steady gains. They're like, yeah, I, I completely 50 agree. pounds on my squat in this last month. And I want to put 50 <laughs> pounds on my squat from every month from here on. Oh my God. Right. I'll know, squat 500 in a year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, like, dude, it took me whatever, 15 years to deadlift 600. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that you're, upset that you don't have a 600 pound deadlift in your second year or and that, that's the tough part is like because people people don't see that body of work um because in, in part of embracing that process we talked about it is the stuff you're doing behind the scenes of how much you're eating how much you're sleeping how much whatever recovery how much you're you're not going out at night or boozing or doing whatever else you're doing because you have a goal and you have your mindset to that goal and you're committed to that goal um and that's part of embracing that process um and a lot of people don't see that because they're like, oh, you just must have been a strong guy. Yeah, you got good genes. Yeah, yeah. that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll tell you that that's not the case. Um, what was I doing this morning? I'm doing Squattober, right? So I don't, I don't know when this is airing, but um, we're, in, we're in October right now. So we're in the middle of Squattober. It's day 11 of Squattober. Man, that that's not something that like is super, super enjoyable, but uh, it's once a year and we'll dig through it. This is the worst part because... Like the first couple of days, like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and then on like day 20 through 30, you're like, I'm just clicking down and I can just see the yep. end. But it's that middle like 10 to 20, like this sucks. <laughs> yeah. And the, like, I think last, last week, the lightest bar I picked up on my back, the absolute lightest was like 335. Yeah. And you're like, after you're just like the five days in a row, and you're just like, oh God, <laughs> like when's the weekend getting here? <laughs> my knees, my ankles, my hips, back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, that's just part of embracing the process. And the cool part is, even as you get older here and there, you can still pull out that shovel. As you were talking about before, like that ruck march or your the half marathon. Dude, you pulled out the shovel, you did some work that day, you got some shit done. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. And then you can go back to spooning your way through the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Now it's um I think the uh, some of those become like, okay, how, how do you stay like people are like how do you stay motivated? And it's like motivation is not really a factor at this point. It's just how yeah. I am and who who I am. Yep. But but I want a challenge, 
And so that kind of was squat tober is like, can you get through squatting every day for, for an entire month? Yeah. Uh, it's like a challenge to, um, it's a challenge to your physical and mental like abilities and like you're testing your physical and mental strength. Yep. And, um, but, but I think for so many people, they don't realize like this is only possible having done all the foundational boring stuff for so long. 100%. You can survive Squattober. Most people like, most people like you can't survive Squattober. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know like you, like you die yeah this isn't a good idea especially at the loads that we're trying to carry here like you you don't need to do that especially and the same thing with my ruck march i was like i only invited certain people because and i was that's why i set the limit i was like if you ain't done by this point at this time you're not going on because you won't survive it's, it's yeah, uh, you, you yeah you don't need to go get yourself compartment syndrome and have your calves blowing up on you because you've been marching for too long yeah. And I think sometimes people see that like exciting stuff. And that's when you get in on the front end, everything's exciting because it's always new. And then at some point it becomes monotonous. And you're like, oh, I don't want to do the monotonous stuff. It's the monotonous mm-hmm. stuff that actually like solidifies that as like a foundation that'll carry you forever. Cause like, yep. Like, you, like we're going to be, you and I are going to be strong forever. Hopefully, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> well, like, like meaning like, to a certain degree, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Unless we just completely stop lifting, yeah, we've set such a good foundation that, like, from here on out, what from here on out, what we need to do to maintain strength is is relatively simple. Not much. And I completely little, agree. Yeah, versus what it took to build the strength on the front. End. Yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's I, to your point. That's it's it's really tough um, to convince people to go down that path. And when when you're training athletes, and a lot of the athletes you train, right, they do have games and they do have goals, and they don't have to they don't have to be in the iron game for the rest of their lives and they don't have to be part of that culture um but if you do embrace the the culture of weightlifting i joke around all the time and say i belong to the church of iron um because one of my favorite things to do is to come to the gym when no one else is here and i can have music on or i don't have to have music on and i just bang weights and you just listen to those metal plates hit each other and clank and you you solve the problems of the world while you're doing it um but it's like, it's not a motivational based thing. It's part of who I am. It's an intrinsic part of um, who I am, what I do. And I'm trying, I'm trying to introduce my kids to it as well. And if they don't want to ever lift weights, that's completely cool. They don't have to lift weights. Um, All I want though, is for them to see me doing it and see the benefits that I take from it and the meaning I take from it. And maybe some of that will rub off somewhere along the line and maybe they'll find some uh, peace in it as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The, um, Trying to get it, trying to get your, or trying to get your kids to appreciate the positive effects that be, the weight room will have on their lives. Absolutely. Without and being, the value of hard work. Yeah. Without being pushy is, yeah, is a tough one. It's, uh, it is tough. I mean, that's where, um, any of the social media videos I put up lately, I've been joking around a lot about how my coaches are brutal because it's uh, it's me with my youngest and huh. Quinn is only, he's like 15 months old. Okay. So I joke around that he's a brutal coach because like I'll, I wheel him up next to like if he's in a stroller or if he's walking around, he's like watching me and I'm like, oh, I can't fail now. Yeah, yeah. Like, you gotta keep going. Can't fail in front of him. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, um, after we did like the, the ruck march, I was talking to my wife and kind of like, trying to like um consider why do these types of things you know yep 
And I was like, I don't want to be the type of person who's unwilling or unable to do hard things. Hell yeah. And that's kind of the way. And I was, you know, I was like, I want my kids to see me do difficult things uh, and get through them so that the words that I say to them match up so that I can say words and match up to my actions with them. Yeah, absolutely. Don't just say something, live it, embrace it, be part yeah. of it. Yeah. And, um, I, what I don't want them to, I, what I don't want to happen is me to be like, I have a thing where I like, I say, I hate no fat coaches. Sure. I mean, it's one of my like pet peeves is like an overweight coach screaming at athletes to put in effort. And sure. Like, what are you doing? You ain't out here sweating. Like the coaches that I look, you might up be to, sweating, but you're not. You're not <laughs> know, doing I'm... the same stuff, right? Yes. The coaches yes. that I always looked up to were the ones that like were in the weight room after we were there or before we were there. Yeah. I was like, I was like, man, like, uh, Coach Bourne and Coach G, Coach Grierson. Coach Bourne was was our high school weightlifting coach, and, and Coach G was our defensive line coach in uh in uh, college, and like. I look back at them and go, man, they had like a crazy influence on my life. I was like, they are walking the walk. Yes, absolutely. So, and I was like, I want my kids to see me walk the walk because I don't want to. There's going to be times when I have to be like, hey, you got to toughen up, bud. Hey, I know this is hard. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep moving forward. Yep. Um, it's okay that it's hard. I mean, that things are supposed to be hard, right? Yep. You, you go back to that book, a comfort crisis or anything. I mean, just your experience as a business owner, uh, owning a business is not an easy endeavor. Being an entrepreneur is not a, uh, sunny shine walk in the park every day. Um, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't trade my lifestyle for anything, but it's anything but easy. Yeah. It's, it's the ability to just dig down and do the monotonous work and get, and just, get through the toughness. And that's like, when you talk about kids, like I want you to see me doing this now because there's going to come a day where I'm going to hold you to that same standard. And I need you to have seen me hold myself to that same standard. Absolutely. And it's also really cool when they pretty much look at you as like a superhero. Yeah. When your, your, your little boy is like, dad, there's no one stronger than you. And you're like, Oh, there is. But, <laughs> but then you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. There is, there's no one stronger than your dad. <laughs> nah, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like, it's cool to be that superhero, right? Where they're like, how did you lift that? Be like, I don't know. I, I drank, I drank, I ate my dinner last night. That's how I did it. You better <laughs> eat dinner tonight. You want to get I, big and strong? <laughs> I ate my vegetables. Kid. Uh, I remember looking up to my dad. Um, I mean, we had these, they were red. And I'm pretty sure they were 10 pound concrete filled dumbbells. I know exactly what you're talking. Like, I had white ones of it. Yeah, they, they saw it on the on the adjustable uh, dumb uh, dumbbell with the um, with the uh, what are those called? The screw that you screw yeah, on the, yeah, the, the, the the standard weights or the small yeah. ones. That's the Olympic size barbell, but like the one inch diameter. Bingo! Yeah, and I remember like you can curl those. I can't even pick this thing up. <laughs> I'm just being like, man, like one day I want to be able to pick that thing up. And it's cool. Like I see my kid. We got some kettlebells at the house. He like picks them up. He goes, they're so heavy. And you're like, they are heavy. And you pick it up and you're like, like whoa. Right? How awesome is that? Where they're like, that is crazy strong. Yeah. Like, that's right. You better watch yourself. <laughs> A thousand percent. Uh, well, all right, brother. Let's wrap this cool. up. Any final thoughts on strength uh, for our listeners out there? 
I mean, if you guys are, if you're in your area, um, find, find a coach and find you find a coach that knows what they're talking about. Do your research a little bit. If you're out there looking for a coach in terms of what's their knowledge base, have a conversation and some things to look for when you're having the conversations, what do they ask you about? Do they ask you about your story, where you're coming from, what your motivators are, what's going to bring you to that next level? Or are they just telling you about themselves? Because if they're just telling you about themselves, most likely they're in that their own bubble space yet. They don't have um, much foresight into what you're going to need. They're just thinking, I know what's going on. This is what you need. Find someone who's going to listen to you. Find someone that's going to help you with what you need, not what they think you need. That'd be my, that'd be my advice. Love it. And then uh, tell us kind of what your, your tags are so that they can follow you and check out Romeo Athletics. Yeah. So if you guys are looking to find my website, it's romeoathletics.fitness. Instagram handle is romeoathletics or my personal one is romeo.a.j. Um, if you guys want to ever find me, uh, shoot me an email. It's just Andrew at RomeoAthletics.fitness. I'm happy to talk to anybody or anyone about strength. It's probably my favorite topic. So I'm glad that we got to jam on it today. Rock and roll. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on NBS. Hell yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was an honor. Rock and roll. NBS Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.